0: You're listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric,
1: Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen.
2: And I'm Jen Justice.
1: And man, we are so lucky today. Today, we have in the studio our entire team, all six of us are here to talk about what's going on in the Kansas City real estate market and what's going on inside of our own sort of little client businesses and whatnot. So just to kind of uh, let everybody know who's here, uh, let's just kind of start out. Hey, Katie, why don't you uh, the why don't you take, give everybody your name, right? And uh, and then just give us like one highlight of something really cool that's going on with you and your clients right now.
3: Yeah, thanks, Eric. So, I'm Katie, and I am really excited that I just met with an investor that is super excited and passionate about um, growing businesses in the Northland, and so really jazzed about that.
1: Excellent. All right, and next up, Dylan Owens.
0: Yep, I'm Dylan. I'm currently uh, at the beginning phases of our property management venture, which seem to be going Pretty well, so pretty excited about that,
1: right? And something certainly for our listeners to know is is that we are developing a small property management arm, typically in the Northland, but right more to come as we figure things out. So excellent work, of course. The ever present and wonderful Stevie Molsoff.
4: Hello, I'm Stevie. Uh, I got I've got a lot of uh, investment flames in the fire right now, so that's exciting.
1: That's right. You you personally are doing a lot of investments some flips, some rentals, right? Uh, yes, I am. Awesome. Awesome. And then, of course, not 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 least, <laughs> but last in the moment, Becky Mullis.
5: Hello. Glad to be back again. Um, right now, I am focused on my Kansas license, which I did just complete the exam. So as soon as I get that, hopefully I will be working with some Kansas clients. Yeah, and I, Becky had a
2: really amazing appointment this week. I want to point out that a connection that she um, made through uh, her part-time job was one that took me back to somebody that I've probably (laughs) known for 20 years in real estate and just reconnected us. And they have a very large community north of the river that they may eventually be interested in selling. And there were some other opportunities for referrals there. So congratulations, Becky. I know that that is the first of many successful
1: appointments to come.
5: Thank you. I think connections in real estate are so important, especially right now. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, that's a that's the that's the nature of the game. But let's <laughs> let's digress. Let's stop a little bit because one of the things we like to do in today's dream is we like to talk about just the sort of immediate state of real estate where we are. Both uh, maybe a little bit nationally, but certainly in our area. And uh, um, it is May first, right, 2023. Jen, uh, the new stats are out. Tell us what's going on.
2: Yeah, so overall stats for our greater Kansas City area, you know, we are still seeing that percentage decrease overall in closed sales because inventory is still down, you know. And I know Eric's uh, got a great news segment called The Daily Dose he's doing on socials. And he alluded to that fact that, you know, the reason that sales are down is because inventory is down.
1: Right. Those two
2: are correlated. So
1: not enough homes on the market for the demand. And that's what, so if you hear that, if you hear, oh, sales are slumping, um, certainly in the Kansas City area, the reason is because there's just not enough homes to buy.
2: And average sale prices are still inching up. And by inching up, I mean we are like around 1% now. So we're not seeing these huge gains like we were last year in the overall. Again, this is the overall market. We'll dig into Clay, Platt, uh, Jackson, Johnson, all of those different ones, right? But we're just seeing that you know, just small, which is what we've said all along, is that we thought things would level off.
1: Right. So we know that nationally, you might hear a statistic that home values have dropped, uh, and it's a teeny amount. It's like point four percent in the last like year to date or something like that. But in the Kansas City market, that's just simply not the case. Uh, we've still seen growth. We continue. We expect to continue to see growth in that certainly matching at least the traditional 3 to 5% uh, annually. Uh, and then Kansas City actually has been higher than that for many years.
2: And a couple other overall facts that are super interesting. Days on market has gone up a little bit. Um, so last year this time it was 27 days on market. We've increased to 43 days on market. Um, the other thing that's interesting is supply has increased just a smidge. So it went from one flat to 1.4 months of supply. And that balanced market um, would be more like, they used to say six months, but now they're giving that some leeway. If we got to three months, we would be happy. And it's three to five is what we hear a lot now. It used to be six months. so. Not sure exactly where that lies, because we honestly haven't seen a balanced market in so long now that maybe we've
1: forgotten. <laughs> so so let's be clear, clean that up, or at least reiterate it. Right? Um, when we talk about months of inventory, that is, based on the current sales rate, how many houses are on the market today? How many months' worth of houses, based on the current sales rate? And you said it was, what is it right now? In our I area? think it's still 1. a month 4. and a half. one4 1. Yet, when we start thinking about what an actual even market is, flat, so it's not really leaning towards the buyer or the seller, we're looking at somewhere, at least three, and a lot of experts suggest it's closer to five months. Think about how far off we are of that. It's still very much a strong seller's market. And certainly when we start talking about personal experiences, I think we're gonna, we're all going to say, hey, we've seen some of that. So.
2: And so I'll just give a quick uh, Clay, Platt, um, Jackson, and then Johnson County. Here's something really interesting. So we just gave the overall stats, right, for this whole area. When we drill it down to just Clay County, We're still increasing year-to-date 3.6% in price. Jump over to Platt County, that goes to 16.6%, which probably is largely due to new construction. They're booming in Platt County. Go over to Jackson County. That's actually a negative. It's a 1.4% negative. And then going over to Johnson, you're at 3.8% positive uh, year-to-date sales price from this time last year. So there are some differences in our market, and we talk about... Real estate is very local. And when we dig into these counties, there are a lot of counties that we serve. But our team looks at this data to make sure that we know what's going on in the market that you're searching in.
1: All right. Absolutely. Yeah, excellent. Um, and so just anecdotally, right, so that's the factual state of affairs of what's going on in the market. But anecdotally, and, and I can start, um, uh, just I don't know if anybody's got some experiences that might tell people what's going on. Uh, I've got a client who is looking uh, almost exclusively in Johnson County, uh, looking in what we would call a very affordable home range or maybe a little bit up. So his range is probably, oh, let's just call it 280 to 350. And uh, we have put in multiple offers uh, on on multiple houses and uh, have not gotten any And every house that we have. Uh, been interested in has had a lot of showings and a lot of offers that we've had to compete against haven't won yet so that kind of incredibly swift market uh, that we saw last year that you know honestly I don't even think is really good for real estate certainly not good for buyers but we're seeing it again and not just in Johnson County so, I don't know. Has anybody else got... So, yeah,
5: yeah. I do. Um, this is not a personal story of mine, but one of my real estate agent friends, uh, she has a buyer client who was looking um, towards like the Kearney area, and they were looking for houses for only a week before they went under contract.
1: So, they got to move a little bit faster in a different area of the city... Uh, that's it's good to know. And same kind of price range? or Because that makes a big difference. Yeah, too. just about
2: the same. And so, so to that, uh, days on market in Johnson County is still under what it would be in Clay mm-hmm. County. So when you're looking at your Clay County data, you're seeing closer to 40 days on market now. It's still 32 in Johnson. So there's still just that right. that shortness of time. And it does seem like people are getting more of an opportunity um, here in the Northland to, to have a look. Although on the flip side of that, I had a listing go live in Liberty. I... Think we got eighteen offers right. uh, priced at three fifty, and it's very relevant to the price range that you're yeah, exactly. looking in, right? So I don't know if they told you the price range that they were looking in, but that's going to be re- very relevant to that. Um, and and got thirty one thousand dollars over the the list price, which was comped out with all of what was in the neighborhood, um, you know, at that time. So, yeah. so d- depending ha- where again, you are. neighborhood, and you mm-hmm. know all the things it, it plays into this equation.
4: Uh, I can say for Jackson County, I am set up on a lot of like auto emails through Jackson County, and I've been getting a lot of price drop emails lately. So it's kind of the opposite in Jackson
3: County. And that was evident in the statistics as well.
4: Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: Sure.
3: Yeah, we have a client looking um, in the Northland that um, they have very specific wants and needs, and uh, we had a showing set up for them. That was two days after the house went on market, and it was ended up being canceled just a few hours after the house was listed because they had over 12 offers. So, right. wow! And yeah, that would and be and in the Platte County. Area. By the
1: way, to speak to Jackson County, uh, so we we've seen you know a, a little bit of devaluation, which might um, sort of match what happened uh, has been happening nationally. And there's always there's an expectation all of that on the national markets is coming back. So I would assume that Jackson County is too. But I have also shown homes to a different client in Jackson County. And again, I think it's a little bit about price range and finishes and whatnot, because Mm -hmm. um, we've also been in multiple bid situations. So So uh, it's still
2: happening, you know, but I do think that there is an ease of uh, the buyer pool simply due to interest rates increasing. And unfortunately, that does bode to... um, not affordability like we want to see it um, so that does take people out of the market unfortunately but for the buyers that can stay in it it typically produces a little bit less competition than was there
1: sure and uh, and if you're looking for something that's turnkey finished modern finishes ready to go you're going to be in more competition than if you're Willing to buy something that yes. requires some sweat equity. And people
2: want HDTV specials. Like right. they and There's a few people, you know, that want to do the work and dig in and, and get the sweat equity. But I would say large, largely our client base is, like, I want to move in Ready House. Unless they're an investor, which we have a, a fair amount of that, too. So I'm talking about your regular residential right. yeah. buyer.
1: Most of the people who are going to be listening to this podcast are going to fit that regu- regular residential buyer um, category. So we certainly want to target to them. Um. The uh, So, let's bring out a piece um, that I think uh, we've talked about a couple of times, but I think it's a great thing to talk about when we start talking about these SWIFT markets and having to do multiple offers. I, I want to look at it from sort of two perspectives, get your guys' opinion on things. And, and uh, so, you can start, because uh, I want to look at it from a perspective of... Um, Things that you might be considering um, uh, giving up, all right, rights that you might be giving up to make your offer more attractive and uh, sort of how we feel about that, specifically inspections. And then also, uh, let's talk briefly to the listener who is thinking about buying a home, and then is hearing, "Hey, this market is really swift. It's a seller's market. Should I get into it at all? Right? What, what would be reasons to or not to get into it?" So let's start with the first, um, which is, you know, if you're if you're competing against 15 or 20, and I've actually been in one that's had 42 offers, um, you start as a as a Buyer, you start getting a little bit frustrated and you start saying, Okay, what can I do to make my offers more attractive? One of the things that's always on the table is inspections. Uh, and I certainly have a lot of strong opinions about this, but does anybody have any? anybody want to start what they think about uh, that? Whether
5: I can give my opinion, um, I personally. Um, I think I will agree with what Eric is probably thinking, which is giving up inspections isn't a great idea. But if you do see a house that you are absolutely in love with, you do not want to give this up and it is at that perfect price point that everyone is looking at right now. It is going quick. It's going to have 40 offers. Then maybe you do want to give up the inspection. But in addition to that, something you really, really need to consider if you are doing that is how much cash do you have? What can you spend on uh, improvements or repairs if you need? I know Eric had a situation where Last year, he had a client buy a house and they waived the inspection and he sold it a year later and he lost money because Against of it. Against my
1: recommendation, by the way. Exactly. So, but that's okay, <laughs> right? Client's the boss. Um, and that client had the money to fix things that did come up later on.
5: Exactly. So it is just a personal, um, where you stand uh, financially and if that is worth it to you.
1: I, I think as a general rule, um, most... Uh, well, I think we all start with the advice is you should, you should get inspections, right? I mean, I, and anybody who's not advising- I, Even
2: if you're waiving it, still get the inspection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, For your own knowledge of what you need to do to keep up with this home, just educating yourself, you need to get it regardless.
1: You know, there are there are brokerages out there that ask buyers to sign paperwork where the seller's brokerage has said, we recommend inspections. And so so there are brokerages that go that far and say, we want you to sign a document acknowledging that we told you that we think you should get an inspection. Uh, If you're considering waiving an inspection, typically, uh, and this doesn't apply to new construction, of course, uh, but but typically in a regular residential deal, you can do that a couple of different ways. And one way that my client who's very competitive in the very competitive Johnson County market, uh, what he does it, is uh, we we have addendums and we have legal paperwork for all of this. But one of the things you can do is you can say, look, I, I'm not going to negotiate based on my inspection, but I still reserve the right to cancel the deal. And what this hopefully indicates to uh, a seller is is that I really want to get an inspection to make sure there's not something major wrong with this house. But in no circumstances am I planning on trying to Hit you up for $150 or $200, which in most real estate transactions is nickel and diming. Um, so I, I know that we're not going to do that. I just uh, I want to make sure that the 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 house is not ready to fall over. or There's not a major plumbing or sewer problem that's thousands and thousands of dollars out of my pocket out of the out of out of the gate. So that's one way you can sort of waive some of your inspection rights but still reserve that most important right, which is if you find something major, you're able to protect yourself from the deal.
2: And they do have the option to renegotiate. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have those documents all day long, but if we discover, say, a $14,000 HVAC system that was just installed two years ago that has a major flaw in it and the buyer has signed no i won't renegotiate and they bring this to the attention of the seller the seller has the option to number one there's a warranty typically involved in that and go listen we're going to help you get this fixed because that's not right we're angry because we paid fourteen thousand dollars and secondly we want this to work for you so just because there, there is, you know, no two real estate transactions are the same, no two inspections, no, you know, all of these things. And so there is still options out there. Um, but at the end of the day, you do fall back on what is in black and white.
1: Yeah. And that's a good point. And I, I you know, we'll, we'll all tell that to our clients is like, look. This is to protect nickel and diming. And if the problem is not a nickel and dime problem, we let them know. Hey, we're going to back out because of this. And frequently, they'll come back and they go, "No, no, no. Let's negotiate." Hold on!
2: I'd have to fix that for anybody because mm-hmm. now I know about it. Yeah. And legally, I should disclose it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, the, and they may, and there's a good chance they may not have known it. So, particularly sellers and and yeah, a- especially
2: ACs going into this time yeah. of year, you didn't know necessarily. in yeah. absolutely. So.
1: Absolutely. All right. Um, so that's a little bit on inspections, but let's talk about the people who are hesitant to get into the market because we've just told them, hey, this is a tough buyer's market. <laughs> and uh, and so I would hear that on the face of it, and I would go, no way. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Uh, but there's some reasons, right, um, that uh, people should still be considering, that, or at least they should weigh – as they consider whether it's not getting in, whether they should get into the market or not, I should I should learn how to talk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> good luck. Now I'm just playing.
1: Yeah, I had a,
0: a interesting conversation with a potential buyer who would be uh, interested in house hacking, and he kind of brought up some of the same concerns we we've covered. Um, but I do think Eric, you had some good advice on your daily dose, which I do suggest you check those out because they're pretty entertaining and informative. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he was having, like I said, the same concerns. But Eric said, um, date the rate and uh marry the house. And so I I, 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 I learned that from Jen, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and I learned a lot from Jen too. But um but anyway, I thought that was really solid advice, especially for buyers who are hesitant right now. You can mm-hmm. get in a house, you can start, you know.
2: Building your equity.
0: Building your equity, getting the home ownership benefits now. Uh, and if rates do drop, you can refinance in a couple of years or so.
1: You know, it's so funny. When I use that phrase, you have to articulate. Date the rate, right? Otherwise, it sounds weird. But let let somebody go ahead.
0: Date the rate? Yeah. Well, just, I, I can work on it.
1: Yeah, date <laughs> the rate, marry the house. But No, it's a great phrase. But um, let's explain what we mean by date the rate, though.
2: So that means you're not going to be stuck with the rate forever, right? Like we're dating and then we're either going to part ways or we're going to get married, right? Like,
1: well, and, and I guess the it could go other ways. Uh,
2: great... I'm thankful that I'm not in the dating world. I've been married for over a decade now, <laughs> woo me. Uh, but when you're, when you're dating, you can eventually refinance the loan, right? Because I was actually just talking to a lender and we'll get into some of the other things that have happened in the lending world. Cause we know that the latest, greatest fear-based news tactic is out there in regards to mortgages, but when we're talking about that, the only thing that's constant in the mortgage industry is change itself, right? And so the rate is going to
1: change. So if you buy now at a rate of, I don't know, what are we at? Six and a half ish, maybe a little more. Seven. Are we in the sevens? Mm-hmm. Back in the sevens? I, <laughs> we I, are. Haven't, I haven't looked this week. so uh, And it does change very quickly. But then, so you buy the house, and then um, X number of months or years later, the rate drops.
2: Refinance the house. And, you know, so many lenders offer a wave of the fees for a refi for you. So they'll waive, you know, I just talked to the the lender that we had on our team meeting Monday, and they have, you know, the lender fees are typically around $3,000. They waive those if you refinance with their company within a particular window. So great options for for borrowers that you know isn't is a reason not to be afraid
1: now let's let's be honest right number 1 you have to continue to con, uh, keep your decent credit for that to really be viable so and then there are fees right and if it's about $3000 then you go and you go okay look i have to be able to make more than $3000 and i know when my wife and i years ago first refinanced our first home it was here's how much it was going to cost and then here's how much the payment was going to go down and then it was like 5 months and i recouped what it was going to cost and then i was essentially quote unquote making money or certainly making cash flow after 5 months you know for the, the rest of the term of the loan which at that time i think it was a 15 year so you know it's a, it's a math equation and so don't don't get too wrapped up because here's the other thing um, rates have been way higher in my lifetime than 7%. Uh, in the early 1980s, they peaked at over 14%. Now, nobody is predicting that to happen in, in, in our uh, economic outlook for the next few years. But should something wonky happen, should some other global war conflict or some pandemic or something else that we've never thought of make rates shoot up, then you've bought now, and you're getting equity Right? You're getting equity and your home is appreciating, which means its value is going up. Even if you were staying level on how much you bought it for and weren't bringing it down, you'd still be making money because the home is going to be worth more.
2: And you're making that principal payment to lower the value of that.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, there's so many so many benefits uh, to home ownership, financial stability, you know, paying to the bank of yourself, as I like to call it, although I love all of my people that rent from me. Um, our goal, if they choose it, is to help them learn how they can own a home of their own or a townhome or whatever that looks like. So we're always happy to teach that to others because, um, you know, abundance is the way to go, right?
1: So I think that's a great turn because I know there's a couple of team members that are getting into working very seriously in the rental market. Jen, you've been doing it for a long time. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the rental market in Kansas City, about um, uh, just, and there's going to be a lot here I don't know, so you're going to have to help me unpack. But Dylan, I'm going to start with you because you've just uh, started uh, property managing. So you and actually uh, uh, with, with Jen's assistance, I think, uh, are your, I don't know, how many doors do you have?
0: Well, right now we have uh, fourteen units uh, and then plus a duplex, so I guess sixteen total, um, with two different investors. And yeah, Jen's basically coaching me through the process, uh, so I'm I can be more comfortable to. So what know. can
1: you tell us so far?
0: So far, it's been um, a learning experience for sure. It I we just actually got a applicant, we accepted an applicant on a on a vacancy. Um, so I got to dip my toes in the water with that and how the whole process works, which I thought was well, or went well, um, and we, we should have a, a pretty good experience based on the applicant that we did find. We're pretty happy with it. Um, and then, so just getting that experience of filling a vacancy, um, and then just a couple of the maintenance things that we took care of before we actually gave tours, um, was valuable experience and makes me a lot more comfortable with some of the upcoming vacancies that we're going to have. Um, so I would say it's going pretty well and I'm learning a lot. Right.
5: Has it been difficult to, uh, find tenants for vacancy properties or any properties in general?
0: Actually, no, we, I got flooded. I think we had a very <laughs> competitive, uh, rental rate, which helped. We could have gotten more, but I did talk to Jen cause I was like, you know, I think that we are under what this, could rent for. um, And she gave me some really good uh, words of advice and just saying, you're probably right, but we want a solid applicant that will uh, work amicably with us for a long period of time. So I thought that was something that I overlooked.
2: And something I've stressed to Dylan, and we stress this in our real estate business overall, and and pretty much everything that we do is uh, relationship building, right? So we're having those conversations, we're building that relationship. And we want to get the opportunity to talk to as many people as possible and make sure that we're um, selecting the best fit for all parties involved.
0: Yeah. And with that, with the tours that I was giving, I was getting a lot of uh, exposure, I'd say to potential buyers in the future. Um, especially with our rate, how competitive it was, it was attracting a lot of people who are wanting to start saving for a house. Um, so I got to, you know, introduce myself, get my cards out, kind of start developing that relationship now, uh, and making contacts with potential buyers in the future so we can get them in a home to where they start to, um, Build their equity. Right, build their equity and start to- We love
2: equity building here at Dream Homes by Jen. Exactly,
0: yeah. Equity, equity, equity. Yes, that's the word. Yeah, Yeah. all the benefits. So, Stevie.
4: Yes.
1: All right, so Stevie, (laughs) you have been managing properties for a while, some of your own properties. So not really from a property management perspective, but from an ownership perspective, Mm -hmm. self-managing. What what are you finding, uh, because you've done this for many years now, Um, What are you finding in the rental market in values and then um, maybe uh, well let's just start there. I mean what's your experience so far?
4: Uh, Definitely rental properties are going up just like the housing market. So Um, the
1: cost of rent is?
4: Cost of rent is up there. Um, They're they're, uh, hard to find apparently from what I've been hearing from people looking for rentals. They're going quickly. So, uh, so if it's, you're, a, if you're it's a swift for, market. So you're filling your vacancies market.
1: quickly too, right?
4: Yes. Yeah, so I had one I listed in Independence about two weeks ago and it rented in about a day. And then I had one in Sugar Creek that was not even done yet. And somebody who had interest in the Independence one decided to look at it before it was even done and it was rented before it was even finished. So
1: so, They're going a swift market, so that's something to pay attention to. So you certainly want to talk to people. One of the beauties, I think, uh, and, and I don't involve myself heavily in the rental market in our team, but uh, one of the great things that I think we do—it's just part of our overall philosophy—and and Jen mentioned it, and I know that everybody here practices it, which is, you know, if people are interested in getting into home ownership, and not all are, right? Some people there's good reasons to rent. Uh, but the ones who are interested in working on that, we really love to help them, uh, encourage them. And that's also probably one of the reason why we don't go out and try to fleece for that, the, that last $50 or whatever it is, right? We want people to be able to live and be happy and, uh, you know, do that.
2: Encourage that savings yeah. because, you know, even though there are so many great types of loans out there, Nothing really beats having a solid down payment and not being maxed out on your debt to the property. I mean, you know, common sense, right? Um, So if it seems like a good idea to have more money down because it is, you should do it. And so if you have the opportunity to put that money aside because you know that you're saving X number of dollars compared to the true market rate, you know, that's a great opportunity for you to take advantage of that savings and then look at a down
5: payment later. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Or
5: new blinds or whatever, right? Yeah. Or the repairs if you don't get an inspection. <laughs> <laughs> get an laughing.
1: inspection. No,
2: no, no, that's <laughs> not exactly. All
1: right, let me shift gears here a little bit, uh, Katie. I want to yeah. talk with you a little bit. So uh, you have been um, uh, just doing uh, a lot of stuff on uh, social media, on networking, and for those of you that don't understand how real st- real real estate agents or realtors work. Um, we all essentially run our own little independent businesses, and not every realtor out there gets the support from their brokerage that hopefully we at Dream Homes by Jen are giving. Um, but uh, what I'm going to go to is is simply this. I know you've been out there a lot putting yourself out, having a lot of conversations, having a lot of meetings. I'm, I'm going to flip this. I'm going to say if uh, the people you're meeting, they're trying to figure out um, what kind of representation they want Um, And whether or not you or I or whoever they're talking to is the right fit for them. Can you, right, maybe through some of your experiences, maybe you've done some shifting or maybe you've realized on certain types of clients, what kinds of things should, have you noticed they have been looking for or should be looking for when they're out having a conversation with a real estate agent who is saying, hey, by the way, I can help you with this. So flip your hat a little bit. Right? Be that potential buyer or seller and, and give us some things that you've noticed they should be really kind of digging into when they're vetting one of us.
3: Well, one of the things that I think as a potential buyer that you have to really stay firm on is uh, making sure that the person that you're interviewing is obviously on your side and has your best interest at heart. You want to make sure that they're not just looking for the sale, that they want to put you into the home that's going to fit the best for you or the rental property, um, somebody that's invested in you as a person and not just as another paycheck, right? So um, having conversations with them about their budget and affordability and really listening to them and the things that they want and um, being just like really steadfast and consistent with um, keeping the keeping what you want, your goals in mind. And um, when you have somebody that is um, seasoned, that has a good support team, that has you as their main concern, um, the process isn't going to get um, too tired, I guess, would be the word that I would say, like, um, You know, I can imagine just, for example, if I were to use um, Becky as an agent, as um, my buyer's agent, you know, knowing that she is educated, that she is taking the time to do the legwork, um, not just, you know, sending us emails, but following up. What did you like about this home with what didn't you like about this home? Um, how do you feel about this payment? Let's look into utilities. Um, school districts are important, things like that. Just somebody that I know would take the time and um, really just like have my best interest at heart.
1: E- excellent advice. Excellent. And uh, I, you mentioned a couple of things, but one you, you didn't say specifically, but you, it was like all throughout what you're talking about, which is uh, that agent communicating with you. Um, and following up and doing those things. And let me tell you right now, uh, if you are vetting agents and they aren't calling you back or responding to your emails in a timely manner, cross them off the list immediately (laughs) because that behavior, if it's at the beginning right when they're trying to establish trust with you um, and you're trying to establish trust with them, if they're not communicating with you, how do you think it's going to go later on?
2: Hey, listen, communication is is really, really one of the most important factors in any real estate um, relationship, whether that's property management, whether that's um, tenant to property provider, whether that's buyer, whether that's seller, whether that's realtor title company, you name it. There's over 400 touches in our real estate sales transactions and in our, you know, leasing transactions, I I bet there's, you know, there's not 400 because there's not quite as many and it's not a 30-day process, uh, but it's every bit of a hundred times that we're back Back and forth and talking to different people and doing different things and running over to the property. So the communication through all of that from the leader is very, very important. And I, you know, I can't stress that enough. If if there's been an emergency with a person to what Eric just said, obviously there is an exception to that. But if sure. it is a behavior pattern, um, attitude, behavior, technique is a fundamental thing to me that you've got to have all of those going together. And if the behavior is non-communication, not an acceptable behavior, I- <laughs>
1: I agree completely. Let me, um, I just, I know uh, there is, uh, so, so Becky, I, I want to mm-hmm. toss something out for you. Okay. Um, uh, y- you are young. Of course, everybody in the room is young compared to me. So, uh, but but you're younger. Uh, first of all, uh, incredibly impressive that you are finishing, you know, you're working in college, yet you're doing this and you're really helping clients and. By the way, I haven't told you talk this yet. Talk me
5: up some more. I, I, well, I haven't
1: told you this yet, uh, but um, I had uh, somebody from the chamber uh, talk about how impressive you were at Invent um, and how they really were like, wow, she's really a go-getter. So that was uh, 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 my friend Rand from uh, iSmith. But anyway, um, you, you, of course, we all work start out at least working in a lot of our own social circles and your social circle is, you know, gonna be younger than mine. So I know you interact with a lot more people that are uh, you know, just thinking about housing. They're maybe in the early twenties. Do you have any particular advice for people who are just trying to figure all this out um, as opposed to maybe somebody who's buying and selling their second or third or fourth house that might uh, already have a strong opinion about what to do?
5: Uh, Yes. So the first and foremost um, is exactly what you guys were just talking about, which is having a knowledgeable agent. I really did want to hit on that while Katie was talking. I didn't want to interrupt though. Um, But having a knowledgeable agent and even if you are not looking to buy for another couple of years, like I have friends in college, um, freshmen in college who aren't looking to buy now, but in four years time, they're going to be moving out of their parents' house, whether that is renting or buying. I have a friend who uh, lives in Maryville, and they're going to Northwest, and they just like uh, signed a lease, and they're going to be renting. And I talked to them, and I was like, "Have you considered buying? Like, what what does that look like for you?" And she was like, "Well, I just don't think that's financially uh, viable. I don't think I can do that." And I was like, "Well, why?" And she was like, well, I don't have enough money down. I said, you only need 3.5% in and, and Maryville. Well, if that, if that up yeah. there, that uh, may yeah. qualify
2: for USDA role. And that's a college town, so there's exactly. additional programs.
5: Um, yeah, I was going to say for college students especially, I believe there are programs out there, um, which another thing with your agents is your agents should know the programs. They should know uh, the lenders to go to or the inspectors to go to. So if you can't find an agent who has connections, then you probably shouldn't work with them because they're just going to – do
1: you dirty?
5: Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna do you dirty. Tough Woo-hoo.
1: words from Becky. Woo-hoo. Don't be, don't be done dirty. That's all.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think meeting with um, an agent who is knowledgeable and can better you so that away in four years time, whenever you're out of college or um, even if you're 25 and you still haven't bought your first property, um, talk to an agent, see how you can get to that step because it's not as hard as people think it is. I never thought it was going to be viable for me and I started taking my courses and hopped on this team and like it just seems so much more achievable and I like really recognize that now.
2: Well, and one of the biggest misconceptions out there in regards to real estate is the 20% down myth and that Uh is still when (laughs) surveyed across the country that is still one of the biggest misconceptions in real estate you do not have to have 20 percent down while that is a fantastic phenomenal thing to do there are still zero down programs three percent down programs five percent down programs heck you know there's all kinds of programs so in reality you know just check with someone and and start to reach out and start to educate yourself because that's step one education
0: Yeah, and going back to uh, Becky's situation with her friends in college, just I couldn't go this whole podcast without mentioning it. Um, you can start that uh, house hacking process, especially if you're in college or something like that, or you're younger. Um, you can get into a property with three and a half percent down and rent a couple rooms out, and you'll be looking, um, you'll be thanking yourself in the future for that. Uh, the financial situation that you'll put yourself in.
2: No, it's not a... all unicorns and rainbows. So, Dylan, tell them, you know. You gotta, you gotta vet people. You gotta check. Definitely. Just don't, let, de- def- don't let Dick from down the street just move in if he was <laughs> living on the street, def- right? Like, let's yeah. make sure we're de- being safe and de- definitely all
0: the things. Definitely vet people, and there will be some uncomfortability with it. Like she said, it's not all sunshine and roses, but I do think it's a good situation for college college I've heard people. That,
5: um, I've heard that the most important part of a debate is the credentials, and Dylan didn't give himself the credentials, but he is a homeowner, and he is young, and he did go to college, so. Those are his credentials.
1: Uh, Absolutely. All right. Uh, It's been a great podcast. Uh, We're running out of time. Jen, some final thoughts. You know, just reach out if you
2: have questions on this whole mortgage debacle. We didn't have time to jump in it today. Um, But, you know, there are some new fees out there that are being tied into interest rates, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. And. You know, Eric's big on what sells is a uh, fear and fear and hate. Is that what you say? Right. The
1: media uses fear and hate to, <sighs> to, to engage and, us.
2: And while that may be true, there are still good humans out there that just want to get the facts out there and the data out there to you. So don't be scared if you are seeing this mortgage information come out because it is not all doom and gloom. There is still positivity in the market and there is tons and tons and tons of opportunity.
1: All right, everybody. There you have it. That's today's dream for May 1st, 2023. What a fantastic episode. Thank you all for coming to join us and taking time out of your day. We hope you're having a great day and we'll see you next time.
0: You have been listening to
1: Get Real KC
0: with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, visit us at dreamhomesbyjen.com, where you can find more episodes exploring
1: real estate as it matters to you.